The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. Billy Ray Mitchell, I am here joined with my friend Ed Williams, and we are here for the Hokie Hoops podcast following Virginia Tech's 82-72 to loss at the Carrier Dome, RNL Dome, the, the Dome in Syracuse. I don't know. They renamed it. But the Hokies did lose their fifth game in a row to Syracuse, and I don't want to say we're reeling, but we might be reeling. We might be reeling, and we're here to talk about it. I'm joined by my friend Ed Williams. He's upstairs. I'm downstairs. Monday, January 16th at 8 o'clock. Ed, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. Yes, I would classify this as reeling when you lose five straight games, and this one felt a little different than the first four losses, I would say. like This was the first one where Virginia Tech got flat out blown out. I know the mm-hmm. final score was only a 10-point loss, but for much of the second half, uh, it was much more extensive than that, so... Uh, this was the first of the five losses that really felt like Virginia Tech was never really in this game. Um, you know, they played a decent first half, but in general, you know, Syracuse kind of had their way, especially I would say in the first 10 minutes of the second half. So what you could consider the third quarter of that game, Virginia Tech got dominated. So, yes, I would classify that as reeling. Syracuse, 5-2 and two in conference. They're 12-6 and six as of today. And that was kind of the one thing that really jumped out was we go into the game and we were saying, hey, it's not a must win, but you better win. You better win tonight. And it feels like we've been saying that for the last three games here. Um, And again, it just looked like it looked like two totally different teams on there. It did not look like a, you know, evenly matched teams. It looked like Tech was just completely overmatched uh, in a game where I mean, where do we start here, Ed? Do we want to start with Rodney Rice? Do you want to start with the good? Yeah, I guess that's fair. We can do that. Yeah, so Rodney Rice, he gets his first opportunity to play. It's funny when Coach Young, uh, I don't want to say he got testy, but he got um, he got a little upset with people asking him about Rodney Rice. And he said, look, when the medical folks clear him, he will play. That's it. Not trying to mislead you, not trying anything. Just so happens the medical people cleared him the next game. So Rodney Rice did make his appearance for Virginia Tech. Um Played 29 minutes, and although he didn't jump off the stat screen, the simplest way I can put it is his body type and just the way he looked on the court jumped off the screen for me. I can't remember a time that we've ever had an athlete or a basketball player that looked like Rodney Rice. And um, the way that you put it, Ed, is he came out of the game, went right back in, and you were like, you know what? Like, Coach Young probably doesn't know how to <laughs> not know how to handle himself, but he's never had somebody like Rodney Rice on his roster before, and it's going to be really fun to watch him develop. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would have to really do a deep dive into who Mike Young has coached throughout his career, but I think it's pretty safe to say that he's never coached anybody 
in their true freshman year with the talent that Rodney Rice has. I mean, like, like you said, he looks the part. Um, I, I guess the most recent example would be Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And Nikhil looked the part from day one as a freshman. But, yeah, Rodney played 29 minutes in his first college game, which, you know, you don't want to question the medical staff. But if the kid was well enough to play 29 minutes in his first game, um, that means he's been practicing a lot and for a while. So not really sure what the holdup there was. We'll never know, and that's fine. Um, but it was really nice to see Rodney play that that extended amount of minutes in his first college basketball game. Didn't shoot the ball well, but that's okay. I mean, you don't. We weren't expecting him to drop twenty in his first game. It was more about just how he looked um, in terms of you know being overwhelmed. He did not look overwhelmed. He looked he looked apart, like you said. So uh, very excited that he was able to get on the floor for the first time. Wish it came so- sooner. It probably would have helped us during this five-game losing streak, maybe snag one or two of those if he was able to play earlier in the year. But I'm um, glad we have him now. Boy, are we going to need him going forward. Before we turn the page to the negatives, uh, to close the book on Rodney Rice, Rodney Rice, 29 minutes, four rebounds, one assist, two points. Um, I also want to point out Lynn Kidd played another very good basketball game. I think Lynn Kidd is going to be – featured more this year and going to be very important to the success of Virginia Tech going into next year. Um, and he has gotten so much better. Where early on in the season, you're kind of like, all right, is Lynn Kidd going to figure it out? Like, is he is he going to play an important role? And you're seeing Lynn Kidd now. I mean, if this team's going to turn things around, it's going to come from Lynn Kidd playing important minutes, and that role is only going to increase. Flipping the page, though, to some of the negatives, we have just seen – we don't have a lot of we don't have enough lineups to throw out that are able to get creative and make things happen. I love MJ Collins. I love him to death. MJ Collins isn't in a position to be scoring at a high clip right now, and that is what's killing Virginia Tech is the stagnantness on offense and the inability to score. So, um, and I know you have a couple of points on the negative side from the Syracuse game as well. Yeah, I mean, I'll start with MJ. Like. Most nights, he's somebody that we're going to want on the floor for a good amount of minutes. Um, Syracuse was not one, right? And that's simply because they play a zone. Everybody knows they play a zone. And the way you beat a zone is by getting paint touches and either scoring once you get in the paint or kicking it out for open three-point looks. And I I, mean, I don't want to, like, dump on the kid, but he could be pretty open and he hasn't shown the ability to make shots yet. And we need you need to make shots to beat that zone. Uh, we've seen it in years past where – Guys like Hunter Couture, who we, we I'm sure we'll get to here in a second, or uh, Justin Bibbs or Med Hill or Ty Outlaw or you know all these good shooters Virginia Tech has had in these games against Syracuse. You get the ball into the middle, which Virginia Tech did a really good job of early and often, uh, getting the ball to Mutz at the top of the key. And then, it, and then it's game on from there. Mutz has to make decisions, make the right decisions, get the ball where it needs to go, um, shoot it himself, dump it to Basili, kick it out for three. And Virginia Tech shot 15% from three. So uh, if you shoot 15% from three against Syracuse, you are not going to win. I don't care. You can play that game 100 times. If you shoot 15% against that zone, you're not going to win the ballgame. So um, it's tough for MJ. He's not shooting the ball well. I think, you know, if you watch his high school film, he was more of an around-the-rim guy anyway. Uh, the jump shot will get better. I have no doubt about that. But uh, if if Sean Padula is not going to shoot well and Rodney Rice isn't going to shoot well and Darius Maddox isn't going to shoot well, and MJ Collins isn't going to shoot well. You're not going to beat Syracuse, and quite frankly, you're not going to beat anybody. Yeah, and I, I think we're all still very much, and I don't mean just the fan base. I think, I think everybody is really looking at this team and trying to figure out: Are we good? 
or were we overrated going into the season? And MJ Collins is it? I always make this comparison every year, and I apologize for doing it, but like Justin Robinson was a guy who had the ability to log minutes and come into a team who had established scores, who had older guys that you could rely on and kind of seem- seamlessly fit into the offense and get young men- uh, get minutes early, where a guy like MJ Collins isn't just getting in there to get some experience. He's being relied upon to yeah. make stops on defense, be in, be in charge of defending one of the better players on, their, on, on the defensive side of the court, while also trying to find a way to get buckets. So it's just – it's tough. It's tough with the injury. And I guess we can go into the Hunter Couture thing now. There's no question how important he is to the long-term success on both sides of the court to this basketball team. Um, and there's no other way around it other than it completely limits your ability to do anything. Yeah, I agree. And one last thing on the, you know, the, the guards and the scoring. You know, if you're starting three guards, which we did against Syracuse and Collins, Maddox, and Padula, they have to combine for more than 13 points. Um, Joe Girard had 24 himself for Syracuse. So scoring as particularly from the guard position, um, has been, I guess, a struggle, uh, consistently been a struggle since Couture went out. I think there's been a lot more pressure on Sean Padula. Um, he hasn't been able to score as much as a result of all the extra eyes on him with Hunter out. So yeah, I mean, they need Hunter Couture back in a really bad way because he just for multiple different reasons that we've talked about ad nauseum, I, I just am really hopeful that Hunter could get back soon. And I, I do think he makes life easier for everybody, but in particular, he'll make life easier for Sean Padula and Darius Maddox on the guards, Rodney Rice, MJ Collins. Um, so hopefully we can get Hunter back here shortly, but I feel like I missed the question. What was the question? Oh, it was just, it was just to expand on what we were, what we were talking about. I was looking at the stats and I was like, wow, we, we had 13 points combined from the three guards. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's brutal. Aside from that, just to go into some other numbers that are important, Syracuse shot 50% from the field. Yeah. They shot 50% from the free uh, from the three-point line. They got to the free throw line 22 times. They made 14 of them. Um, and Virginia Tech shot 43% for the field. They shot 15.8% from the three-point line. Three for 19. And we've been saying it for weeks. It's not going to last. It's not going to last. It's not going to last. It might last. It might. We've well, been for a while. Yeah, and I think I think Hunter will help with some of that, just in terms of spacing and getting better looks for Sean Padula, who was two of eleven from three against Syracuse. I mean, that's right. just a brutal shooting night from a guy who we know is a very good shooter. Um, but I mean, I'm looking at the stat sheet again. Like we made three threes. Grant Basile hit one at the buzzer, so we really made two when play really was going on. Mm-hmm. And it was Sean Padula who made both, but he had to shoot eleven of them to make two. Like Darius Maddox played 30 minutes and only took three shots, one three-pointer against a zone in Syracuse. I'm not really sure how that's possible. Like how, how you can play 30 minutes against a zone as a shooting guard and not find yourselves in positions to take open looks. Um, that's extremely frustrating. That, you know, that's a guy who, you know, you, you split Padula and Maddox down the middle. They should both be taking five threes a game, not one of them taking 11 and one of them taking one if they're going to play that number of minutes. Rodney Rice took five. He didn't make any of them, but he took good shots, and you know they'll fall. That's a weird place to shoot. Um, you know, from, from a shooter's perspective, shooting in a dome is very, very strange. I'm sure optically, um, but it's just like the lack of production from guys we were counting on uh, going into the season is is 
has been kind of astonishing and particularly during the five game losing streak. And, you know, you can't point to Hunter being out entirely because guys have to step up, but Sean Padula has kind of regressed since Hunter went out and I get why, you know, you take out a big guy off a scouting report, more eyes go to the next guy. Um, Garrett Basile hasn't been as good, although I thought he was phenomenal against Syracuse, particularly in the second half. Uh, we'll get to that here in a second. So um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm a very optimistic based on Coach Young's words that Hunter Couture will play against uh, UVA on Wednesday. Um, and I think, you know, from there, it's kind of game on now. Like we put ourselves in a position where every night is a must-win game from here till March. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unfortunate because of how good non-conference play was and, we kind of, I felt like, had put ourselves ahead of the curve, and now we, you know, three weeks later, are very much behind the curve. Uh, it's been very frustrating. I'm sure it's frustrating as a fan. I'm sure it's twice as frustrating as a coach or a player. But they've kind of given back everything that they had gotten during non-conference. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see what they worked on in the week off and if it pays dividends in Charlottesville. I want to raise, and I know you. Uh... I'm not. I saw this on the timeline. I'm not sure exactly who brought it up, but you have a statistic on comparing Storm Murphy's production from the first six ACC games last year to Sean Padula's first six games this year. Yeah, the stat came from Mike McDaniel. Uh, shout out to Mike. He's obviously not here tonight, so we have BRM filling in. But Mike pulled up the stats from those first six ACC games, Storm versus Padula, and it's uh, it's not the narrative that we would think it would be. Um, based on you know how you hear fans talk about the two different guys, but they're the first six ACC games last year. Storm Murphy was forty three percent from two and thirty seven percent from three, and Sean Padula is thirty two percent from two and twenty three percent from three. Now Sean's taken a lot more shots than Storm had taken. He's also playing a lot more minutes too. Yeah, like you have to caveat those statistics with the fact that the volume is uh, almost double from two and he's taken 10 more threes than storm had taken. Um, so the three pointer one, I guess you can look at a little bit, you know, 37% versus 23% is a pretty significant number, but uh, I was pretty surprised when I read that because of how good Sean has been, um, you know, kind of up until this losing streak. Okay. So we've talked about Sean Padula. We've talked about the five game skid. We're also going to talk about the insanity that has been going on, on the Twitter timeline. If you are in this thought, if you're in the school of thought that for some reason, for some reason, now is the time after winning an ACC championship, after back-to-back births in March Madness, after the recruiting wins that we've had, now is the time to say, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We lost five games in a row. Can Mike Young coach the Virginia Tech Hokies? I'm going to ask you to take a breath. I'm going to ask you to eat a Snickers. I'm going to ask you to go outside and have a cigarette and figure it out. I don't know what, what started this. It is unwarranted, but that, that needs to be nipped in the bud. So we have now nipped that in the bud. But, Ed, what do you think is – if you had – there's no way to point to one thing because there's injuries, there's young guys, there's you know rost, a couple of roster issues. I'm not saying that we don't have good players. I'm saying that maybe some of the players don't fit. Yeah. Don't fit together. What would you say is the biggest issue with this team right now? I think Hunter Couture getting hurt 
um, in some ways maybe highlighted a, an identity issue with this team. Um, I think he so much so embodies what Mike Young wants to do um, in terms of floor spacing on offense, in terms of playing good man-to-man defense. I just think Hunter does – he's like the perfect Mike Young player, right? He does what he's supposed to do, and he um, – I, th- I think it's cause an identity issue, and what I mean by that is – we don't know. We don't know what we do right now. We don't know what we do well. And usually, what you can point to with a Mike Young team is they shoot the ball well, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't shoot the ball well right now. That makes that kind of parlays into my next point, which is Mike Young teams don't turn the ball over very much. Well, our two primary ball handlers, who I'm guessing, if you look at their usage rates, are through the roof. Justin Mutz and Sean Padula, they're turning the ball over a lot. So the lack of shooting compounded with the turning the ball over. We're not, we're not, we don't look like a Mike Young team right now. Last year when we would get in trouble late in the clock, you know, the set didn't work, didn't get a good look. The secondary play every time was a motion that created an easy entry pass to Kev Aluma on the block. Go to work, young man, five seconds left, get it up a good shot. That, we, we don't have any of that. And Mutz can do it in spurts. Vasily, I, I, I want to talk about this more in a second, can do it. I think fell in love a little bit too much with the three-point shot, and that's what I'm going to get at here in a second. But um, we don't really have that bread and butter, uh, this is what Virginia Tech does well, play or set or whatever you want to call it on offense right now. And I think that's that's a, that's caused a lot of issues. It's caused issues for everybody, one through five. Um, people, because of that, were pressing. Sean Padula is pressing a little bit. He's shooting a lot of shots, um, very highly difficult shots, too. Uh, Justin Mutz is dribbling a lot for a power forward in college basketball, which he's good at. But, again, you do it that much, you're going to turn the ball over. So I, I think Hunter going down kind of left a hole that we didn't really know how to fill uh, during this five-game streak that allowed us to – continue to do what we do well consistently. So I think um, Rodney coming back is going to help. I think Hunter, if he comes back on Wednesday, obviously that'll help. And maybe we can get back to who we were during the non-conference schedule when we beat teams like Oklahoma State and Penn State and you know had that tough two-point loss to Charleston, who has proven to be an incredibly good basketball team. Um, so I, I, we're still at, at full strength. And even then, that wasn't full strength because Rodney was out. But at full strength, this still is a good team. Um, the question now is going to be, can they get back to doing what they were doing prior to Hunter Couture's injury in a quick enough manner to make a push for the NCAA tournament? And to your point, we were talking about the three-pointers earlier. If you go ahead and you look at this year's team, this year's team from the three-point line is averaging 33% from the three-point line. Last year, they were averaging nearly 40% from the three-point line. So that's been an issue. It's been an issue all year, and it's something that, you're hoping is going to get better. Coach Young's system is very, very prominent, and we'll see what happens. Again, I think I think there's opportunity to build a resume. I mean, I don't know of a team that has in the ACC that's going to have a, a more difficult uh, five games coming up than Virginia Tech is going to have. So you have plenty of opportunity to try to make up some ground here. Uh, we're about to turn the page into looking into what we have upcom- upcoming with Virginia, but so you got Virginia on Wednesday. You got Clemson at Clemson. Clemson's damn good. 
for those of you that just like follow who we're playing and just thinking about the Blue Bloods, Clemson is awesome. Clemson yep. might be the best team in the ACC. So we go to Little John and play Clemson. Then we play Duke. Then we play Syracuse at home. And then we play the other weird team that might be the best, te- best team in the ACC in Miami. Nah, it's not weird. Yeah, well, I guess it, preseason, I wasn't thinking that they were going to be the best team in the ACC. Maybe in the top five. I wasn't yeah. thinking they were going to run away with the conference. Yeah, they're top five. And then you have, uh, and then you have Virginia again. So it's brutal. Tough, tough, tough sledding for the Hokies. But let's turn our attention over to UVA. What do you see from UVA? Yeah, I mean UVA is they're UVA, right? They they're going to play really good defense. It's going to be a really low possession game. Um, you're not going to get many cracks at it. You're not going to get many offensive rebounds against a team like this. So uh, it's kind of a three headed monster with some other guys sprinkled in. Armand Franklin leads uh, leads them in scoring. Uh, Jaden Gardner is probably their best all around player. And then Kia Clark is still there. So um, those three guys are the three to keep an eye on. They've got some younger guys who are starting to play a little bit. Um, it, it's a good team. It's, it's Tony Bennett, right? It's a well-coached basketball team. Uh, they're, I, I don't like watching them play. I think it's incredibly boring. But they win games, so I can't argue with it. Um, they're not invincible. Uh, Carolina played them super, super tough in Charlottesville without Armando Baycott. Um, Syracuse played them a, a tough game recently too. So, uh, they're, they're definitely beatable. Um, and Mike Young has proven that he is capable of beating them. He's done it. I think every year he's been here, he's beaten them at least once. So, um, it'll be a really good game. Me and you are going, that's gonna be really mm-hmm. fun. Uh, we'll do a little day trip down to Charlottesville, hit some, hit some spots for happy hour before we head over to JPJ. But uh, I'm excited for, it. I think, I think particularly if Hunter Couture's back and you get back to doing what you do well. Uh, Virginia Tech's got a definitely got a puncher's chance in this one. Wish list moving forward. What is your wish list? To, what is your wish list to see out of Virginia Tech from a personnel standpoint or a productivity standpoint? Uh, take out the obvious that Hunter Couture please play. Um, I would love to see more Lynn Kid, uh, consistent Lynn Kid. I, I understand that Malajal Petit does things well also. Um, but I think kid's ceiling. Yes, I think kid is better now, and his ceiling is higher for the future. Um, so I'd love to see more Lin Kid. He's developed tremendously in one offseason, and we heard a little bit about that going into the year. So it's not overly surprising, but uh, his touch around the rim has been something that I didn't really anticipate. He's played really good ball. I just would love to see more of it. I think we'll need to see more of it uh, over this really tough stretch when you start playing teams like Virginia. Uh, so more Lin Kid. Rodney Rice is going to figure it out. It's going to be one game at a time with him, but. Um, I don't think it's a stretch to say that there will be multiple nights over the rest of the course of this season where Rodney's the most talented player on the floor, which is a tough, which is something that you can't usually say as a Virginia Tech basketball fan that we have the most talented guy on the floor. And I think there will be nights that Rodney is that guy. Uh, so that's cool. What we love that. Um, so more Rodney playing time. I, I, I don't want to keep beating this drum, but Darius Maddox, where you at? Uh, would love to see more out of him. Um, you can't play against Syracuse and only take one three in 30 minutes. Like, uh, be aggressive. Like, one of the most talented offensive players we've seen in recent years in a Virginia Tech uniform. And he's just. You don't very, need to very, defer. Huh? There's no one to defer to. It's yeah. Like, like, don't be we, so bad. We need to defer man. to you. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure the coaching staff's harping on that. And they look, I mean, I'm sure Mike Young looked at the box score after the Syracuse game and was like, huh? 30 minutes, one shot for a guy who is a shooter. So I'm sure they've worked on that this week and talked to Darius, but I just would love to see him be more aggressive. Um, 
even if it's just catch and shoot, just catch and shoot. You've got a ridiculously quick release that no one can block. So shoot it. Um, so more Darius Maddox would be great. Other than that, um, Sean Padula, if he would, I love Sean Padula's game, right? I want to caveat this from the start. I, Sean Padula's game is awesome. I love how aggressive he is. Plays so hard. I love that he wants to go to the rim. He's very good around the rim. He's extremely strong uh, at the point guard position, like physically strong. Um, maybe take it back one gear. Just like just play a little bit more within himself. I think he'll find the results will be uh, significantly better than what they've been recently. So it, it's they were pressing, right? I mean, Mutz and Padula have been pressing because they've been losing and they feel like they need to, and that's fine. Um, but hopefully if Hunter's back, and even if he's not, if Rodney's more comfortable and can start to fill that role, um, I, I think, you know, just get back to playing with Gina Tech and Mike Young and Brandon basketball, and this team will be fine. Last thing, uh, or, or one thing before we get to our last segment uh, on the Ken Palm, the net, uh, and a few other things, I do want to extend uh, our thoughts and prayers out to Allie Hayes. Uh, Allie Hayes is a, uh, a young lady, nine years old, who recently suffered um, a seizure and had to have a mass taken off of her brain. Uh, she is currently recovering. In Roanoke, she's a big Virginia Tech fan, a uh, huge fan of the Queens of Castle. Um, so I do encourage you, check out our Twitter. Uh, check out the article write-up that we did for this uh, podcast and consider donating. Us. Um, but uh, yeah, Allie, family, thinking of you and uh, wishing you a speedy recovery. Uh, Ed, Ken Pomeroy vibe check. Where are we? Where is UVA? Where do we stand? Yeah, Ken Palm's a little bit more kind to the Hokies than the net rankings are right now. In the net, uh, UVA is 15th, and we are 58th. And uh, in Ken Palm, they're 11th, and we're 45th. So um, it, it's steady, been a steady decline for three weeks in both of those rankings. Um, at one point, I believe we were around the 20s or low 30s. So um, time to turn it around. But um, that's kind of all I have on that. It's like... Yeah, you, you keep losing, you'll keep dropping. So um, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward as far as that goes. But the next segment, I changed it up a little bit. It's usually the Mike Young quote of the week, but this week we're going to do a quote about Mike Young. So today in the, I guess, Monday ACC media availability, Coach Tony Bennett said, I like him talking about Coach Mike Young, and I respect him. Their team plays the right way, dash Tony Bennett. So – it's pretty cool to see the two uh, in-state coaches hyping each other up a little bit. They're obviously both, you know, first-class individuals, first-class basketball coaches. So it's pretty cool to see the respect and admiration between the two of them. Want to beat him? Always want to beat him. But I love Tony Bennett. Yeah, I've always right. loved Tony Bennett um, and uh, class, class guy the state of Virginia has. Look, we've been on a little bit of a slide, but I do think the state of Virginia has two of the best basketball coaches that you could possibly ask for and certainly yeah. two of the best in the uh in the conference uh last segment a uh, little recruiting update what do you have for us ed it's not much as recruiting it is as a commit watch uh okay. brandon recksteiner and Jaden young are the two commits that virginia tech has for next year's class um you know if you look at 24 7 it might not blow you away but I'm, I'm here to tell you that both of these guys uh are way better than where they are currently ranked on the on the on the two nine sevens, as Mike Young calls it, but uh, Brandon Rexsteiner just hit his a thousandth career point in high school. That's a pretty cool uh, statistic for him in his high school career. Mike Young and Kevin Giltner were both in attendance for that, so I'm sure that was a really fun night for 
for him and his family and for the coaching staff watching him hit that achievement. And Jaden Young had an awesome weekend uh, in the tournament that Mike Young was also at, uh, where he had a, a one game where he had 26 and six. So kind of a point guard and a shooting guard coming in in the same class next year. Um, I encourage you guys all to go and type in and watch their YouTube highlights because uh, they both have some pretty fun highlight tapes. And Brandon Recksteiner is going to dramatically outperform his recruiting ranking. I'll say that right now. If you're headed out to Virginia for this game, hit us up. Hit us up on Twitter. We will be there uh, bright and uh, as early as we possibly can because it is a work day. But we we are making the trip. So we're going to be on the way. We're going to have some fun we'll stuff. Uh, let's get together for some drinks uh, and um, hopefully come away with a W. Other than that, sonsofsaturday.com. Check it out. Got plenty of writing and awesome stuff going on. I know that Alex is working right now on recruiting profiles. We also have Braylon Johnson is launching his podcast this week, which will be interviewing other members of the 2023 recruiting class. And the Sons of Saturday podcast will come out with an update on a running back that we got who is going to make a huge difference for the Hokies next year other than that girls keep kicking butt wrestling team keep doing your thing they have nc state the fifth ranked wolf pack are coming to castle on friday so check them out and then we got baseball we got softball coming up we got soccer getting ready to roll i got lacrosse and students are headed back to school if you're a student and you're listening to this let's start off on the right foot i didn't even plan on this i'm just gonna give you some encouragement start off on the right foot do your homework show up to class Bring your clicker, bring a pen, bring a pencil. Don't be asking the guy next to you for paper. Let's start the semester off right. There you go. little Monday motivation for you. Ed, I'm coming upstairs. Let's watch, let's watch some Monday Night Football. Let's do it. Go Hokies. Time to wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know just what you're thinking Please don't go this way singing Trash for friends, place. wake up the next day Take a hit, it's stop.